The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DJ Nation? And in the words of the legendary Beanie Siegel, you know my name, bitch. Guess who's back? It's Major Week, U.S. Open time. We are here once again with my man, Tyler Tambolin, the Canadian Pitbull. I am ready. I took a week off. I'm hyped. It's Major Week. It's a Tory. It's going to be awesome. Lots of money on the line. Let's get it done. Tyler, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm doing not as good as you, I don't think, because you're pretty hyped for this week, but we are coming off of back-to-back bear-off weeks. He's had some good stuff on the pods for us. Again, thanks to Ryan Bearoff, our guy, for filling in as we took a week back-to-back off to get ready for this week, Kenny. That's what it was all about. So we'll get into the U.S. Open, Tory Pines, everything that's to come. Before we get into it, just want to remind everyone very quickly, this podcast is brought to you and presented by rotogrinders.com. Head on over to rotogrinders.com slash dgen. Get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. Garrick Higo. Kenny, this guy, 22 years old, two Euro wins, wanted to wait and see. I did personally. Uh, and he goes off and gets the job done here. What did you think of it? I, I mean, it was more like everyone else just like gave him the win. They're like, here you go, Higo, yeah. on a silver platter. Here is your win. You can have it from all of us. I mean, you saw Dustin Johnson with four or five bogeys on the back. Harris English's game just, I don't know what happened to Harris in the back nine i mean so it, it was so horrible uh and then you know hadley could make that putt he only hit like four greens the whole day and he was still in it going into the last hole he missed a five footer on 18 in the morning when they had to change it for birdie which would have given him a five stroke lead and that just started off the day for him wrong uh you know i mean he makes that five footer for birdie you know they're in a playoff uh Right now, but uh, yeah, I, Higo, I mean, the guy came from nowhere. Be glad that I wasn't on the show last week. 
Uh, so because it was not a good week, I don't think it was a good week for anyone. Uh, looking at the six to six numbers, I think less than twenty percent got four or six better in cash at least. Uh, I was like eight points out of hitting in cash with two of six. If Hatton won, I would I would won. And he came in what second, right? He, he tied for second. T two. Uh, yeah, T2, yeah. If he, if he won, I would have I would have I would have won with two of six in cash. So yeah, it was it was it was a wild tournament uh Bowman have helped first top 10 in like seven years um it was weird uh, hopefully i don't know hopefully you don't see that course again because I, I i mean it was just it was just a lot of carnage this past week a lot of carnage look like i played light getting ready for this week uh how did you do oh it's horrible like you said it's one that we probably won't ever see again i changed the name in my head from palmetto championship to paul mall of like the soap because i got fucking rinsed at this event so i'm not too excited to ever get back to this one it was kind of the timing too not just the, the course was all right it had really nothing to do with that i don't think it's just the timing the field the strength all the stuff that goes into it and it's right before us open so even like you know what i mean like i played dj over brooks dj fell off today with that triple at the end you know the i did not play chess and hadley but we know the ch and chess and stands for choke uh, you know he fell off quite a bit at the end there doc redmond getting into the mix was nice to see johnny vegas up there hatton i used him in one and done because i'm getting to the slim pickings there and he's kind of all i had left but i didn't want to play him in the on the week because I, I really like matt fitzpatrick who uh was right there with them we bear off and i talked about him i love that play this week i liked him and dj and uh, they both came t10 fitzpatrick shot a bogey free 66 to come out of the the final round here but yeah it didn't quite work out for me i didn't have anything man i'm, I'm saving it up for us open week that's where i'm gonna say it here yeah so let's just go ahead and skip the rest of that let's just go straight to the open <laughs> after we do our listener league here first off uh, before we get to our listener league, shout out to stewie uh he beat us in the four-man including bear off uh yeah, I think he had three or six through, and I think he was on. Did you have three or six too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, 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 um, uh, Stewie got it done, so that was good for him. And our listener league winner this week, I think this is multiple wins for him. Might be his third win. Um, Dusty Bottoms with the Chevy Chase, Three Amigos, um, Avatar going on. He had Harris English, uh, who I. I mean, he was in the lead with nine holes to go, and then he finished in 15th place. Uh, 86.5 points. He had Higo. Higo was up there, 13% owned in the listener league, so that's solid. Uh, Snedeker, who uh, made the cut, uh, which was uh, – no, he did he make the cut? Yeah, he made the cut, I think. I don't even know. I don't even care. Uh, Perez, who played well. I like Perez last week. Power, I like power last week. And Lipsky, another guy from the Euro Tour who had it going on. What do you think of the lineup? That was good. Solid all around. I, I'm pretty sure, like you said, Dusty Bottoms definitely has won this thing before. So uh, I added him to the league. He wasn't in there yet for this season from getting to, into the Tournament Champions League that we're going to be hosting at the end of the year. But he's definitely won it before. I know that from the past. So shout out to him. He'll join us in the three-man. The Higo play at almost 13% was surprising. I know across the industry there was some on him, so that sort of helped with that. But uh, yeah, I didn't expect that for overall ownership. So good to see there. And then, yeah, the Lipsky play was solid as well. Just scored really well and, and showed up. But like you said, this week was sort of a crazy wild week. And, and now we move into a much more exciting week where we've got soft pricing like always. That's fine. But we also have one of the strongest fields in a long time. And I'll talk about some of the strategy and stuff when we get to that there. All right. So let's get to this week. It's U.S. Open week. We, we know how the U.S. Open plays. Uh, I'll go over basically... Um, what I wrote for Tory for the um, 
for the farmers, and I'll I'll give you the adjustments that they're going to be making for the U.S. Open. So the South Course, the Toy Pines, is a seven. It's going to be like 77, 7,800 yard, and it's going to be a par seventy one, not a par seventy two uh, this week with four par threes, three par fours. Par fives are going to be real long, uh, a couple over six hundred yards. There's going to be a couple par fours over five hundred yards. Um, you know, it's one of the hardest courses on tour pre. U.S. Open, and it's probably going to be the toughest course that we see uh, this year, would be my guess. Um, you know, off the tee, golfers are going to see narrow, tree-lined fairways, plenty of bunkers to dodge. It's even going to be more narrow probably than it was at Torrey. Only 50% of fairways are hit on this course year in and year out at the Farmers. So you're going to expect that number to drop for the U.S. Open. So probably less than 50% of fairways are going to be hit. So guess what that means? You're going to have to fucking hit along. Uh, it's going to be, there's going to be a couple of short knockers out there who hit enough fair, fairways that are going to get the job done. But I mean, man, overall, you're going to have to give it a decent poke, at least being in the top half of, of, of the, of the players in driving distance in the field. I think I can go ahead and probably knock off 90% of the guys uh, that are not in the top half of the field in driving distance for this tournament i could be wrong i mean you look at for you look at the the the, um the uh leaderboard from 2008 which was a long time ago uh last time i was playing there were some short guys there so it's possible i could be wrong but i mean just just the way golf has changed so much now in those 11 years where everyone's poking it out there hitting it so long uh you know it just gives it it's more of a disadvantage now than it was back then uh i think especially on courses like this uh, the rough is always brutal. Uh, you know, it's like two and a half inches during the farmers. It's going to be like five inches this week. I mean, they're already doing the crazy drop the ball on the rough. You're not going to see it type thing. And then it's Kikuyu. So Kikuyu is different. Um, it's it's going to be, you know, really like really hard to hit through. It's going to be tough. There's going to be some hurt wrists out there. Uh, a lot of the holes here uh, at the South course have a slight dog leg, right? And right-handed golfers have played cut off the tee. have been known to thrive here. I wouldn't play too much into that uh, this week as, you know, you're just going to have to try and poke it out far and get it somewhere close to the, uh, fair, to the fairways. And even if you look at the past instances at um, Torrey for the farmers, I mean, Leishman won, Leishman won a couple years ago. He was almost dead fucking last in accuracy. Like over the years, accurate golfers have finished top 10 uh, and bombers have finished top top 10 here uh but it, it's going to be it, it's going to be tough for these shorter guys uh this week i think uh the tournament is not really going to be one it's for the longer hitters that are all long it's going to be it's going to come down to to their to their iron play uh because you know everyone's going to be missing these fairways even if you're hitting at 320 330 whatever out there but they're still going to miss the fairway it's going to come to iron play and, and strength out of iron play out of the rough um, you know, it's going to be small greens that are usually narrow and width and lengthy front to back. Um, you know, green regulation is going to be super important here. And, and the putting surface is also going to be tough because it's multi-tiered with a good amount of undulation. Uh, these greens are very are protected very well with large bunkers and thick rough. Most of the bunkers guard the front of the greens, which, again, gives shorter hitters a big disadvantage once again because they can't run it up. Uh, or if they do, they have to be perfect in their run-up where they're going in between two bunkers and stuff like that to try and make it to the green. Um, you know, uh, e even though a lot of bunkers are in the front, uh, there, there, there are a little bit, there are some openings, but it's going to be tough. 
Uh, when you know when the pin location is in front of the green, expect a lot of long approaches and fast putts coming down the slope for birdie or par. Of course, the greens are POA stint meter, usually around 13 in the farmers. I would expect that to be more uh, this week. I'm thinking 14. Uh, very firm. They're going to have U.S. U.S. Open conditions. It's, there's no rain in the forecast. Uh, they can play it however the hell they want to do it this week. So we'll see how the USGA does. Once again, the USGA is sort of a wild card. Um, you know, you never know exactly what they're thinking and how they're going to do these greens. I don't think we're going to see something like Shinnecock or you know other places where. Um, players have bitched uh, about how tough, firm, and fast, but it's not going to be soft. I can tell you that right now. Uh, Tampa, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, similar to always at majors, you know, I'm looking for all around the, you know, like you mentioned a few things there that I think are, are for sure the natural sentiment out there. You got to be long. It's U.S. Open. We know this. Uh, one thing that was of note, I saw this today just before we got on, actually, John Bodenhammer, so one of the guys, the USGA senior director said that they're going to get away from the last couple of years and they are going to be putting a premium premium on accuracy. Now, obviously the longer you are, the better. It always still helps. So we, we know this, but just something to keep in mind. I think that's one of the interesting things. The second thing I said earlier, Kenny, that I want to talk about is I do feel like this is a little bit of a different U S open and we'll get to it when we hop into the tiers here in a second, that obviously there's so many good guys at the top. We've got some big names that aren't even in the five figure number, like Roy McIlroy, 9,900 JT 97, hundred. We'll get to that in a second, but I would say this in the past couple of years, I don't think we've had as good of amateurs and qualifiers. And we we've seen it. You just saw Garrick Higo win as an example. And there's a lot of guys. I'm not saying that the 6K range is loaded. I'm just saying we're used to all these qualifiers and guys in the 6K range and amateurs and whatnot, not always being the best. And now we actually do have some good players to choose from. So I think we could see almost like back to the year when I believe it was Trey Mullinex and Xander Schauffele before you even knew who Xander Schauffele was when they were featured. I forget who used them in like 80% of their builds, but it allowed them to get all the guys at the top that were in that five-figure price range. And I think usually I'm more on a balanced build going into the, these events, but this year maybe a little different in that sense. So that's certainly one of the things I'll be looking at. And then that just coincides or ties in strategy-wise to what I'll be doing. I'll be taking my stands more in the 8K range, mid 8Ks and below, and then just mixing and matching these guys at the top. Not that I'm not going to give you stands on where I'm at with some of these guys right now. It's early in the week, but I do think that you can definitely get it. You know, you don't have to be set on one guy in the 10 K range, unless that's your strategy. But you know, my success has come from being a little bit different in the top and just mix and matching two V two in these guys around. So I think it's different this year for that matter. Yeah. I think length off the tee approach, short game success on, in California and on POA. Those are the four things that you need to look at. Um, I yeah, think one, one more thing too, to tie into that. And I'll just f follow up. Everything you just said is bang on, but you know, one thing to remember for sure. I know this is, we, we do talk bets at the end. We've, you know, maybe we'll have some exciting news in the future here of some, some other shows that we're going to be doing. But I, I do think from the DFS perspective, Kenny, that people do need to remember that betting is different than DFS. It sounds obvious, but the point I'm saying is everyone that you hear out there, that's going to tell you there's only 30 guys that can win it. Like I just said, 10 minutes ago, that's true, but that's for betting, right? You still are going to need to fill out your lineups with some of these guys where maybe they'll never win or have a shot to win. But if they come top 10, top 20, we've had it with guys like Kevin Kisner in the past who says these, ty these types of tournaments are just behemoths to him, but then he still finishes top 20. He's still a great golfer or was at those times. I'm just giving you an example where you still do need guys to fill out your lineup. When you're talking about 30 guys that can win it, that's for your betting card and where you're going to see a guy from likely the top 20, 25 in the world win this tournament overall. 
Yep, that sounds good. Let's get to these tiers. Let's start off on the very top. We have Kepka all the way up to John Rahm, who's healthy and ready to go for this U.S. Open. Who are you going? Yeah, the bottom just looks so much better than the top to me. I said last week that uh, to Baroff actually right on this podcast about the DJ situation. I know he kind of fizzled at the end, but it, like he, he didn't even play near his A game, and he was still right in the mix. Kind of like you said, everyone gave it to Higo. Higo did his job, no disrespect, and he's a great young talent, excited for the kid. Like, this is amazing, the, the run that he's got, gone on, just the two Euro Tour wins, and now picking up the Palmetto. But DJ could have won this tournament, and I thought he would do it. I thought it was going to be very Rory McIlroy-esque, where the crowd would be behind him, like Rory had the crowd at Wells Fargo at the Quail Hollow course there, and then would come out and get the job done at the major. Everyone expected. I thought that was going to be the same with DJ here. Obviously, we've got the ROM whatever you want to call it, the, the situation, if you will, which we touched on a little bit last week there with the, you know, leading the memorial by six and having to withdraw due to COVID-19 positive test. So I think that people still go back to those guys. And, and for good reason, I personally still like the guys at the bottom. Brooks said on Friday after he missed the cut, like, I don't care. I was already thinking about this. I know it's the drama. The two guys that are going back and forth right now, team Bryce and team Brooks for this tournament, I'm on both. I think they're both very good plays. I think the price is right. I think you could still do a lot of things with using them. I, I don't hate the guys above them, but like I said, I'll be mixing and matching, but certainly like Bryson and Brooks a lot more at the bottom. Brooks, U.S. Open record is known what he does here. Bryson, the defending champion. And like I said, even if they want to put a premium on accuracy, we still have seen Bryson do it with the all-around game. Just at the API earlier this year, when everyone was like, it was all about the spectacle of driving that green that he kept trying to do in the, and the fist bumps in the air and the, and the fist pumps going nuts for that, you know, selling NFTs because of that, all these different things, he still won the tournament with an all-around game. So I think that it doesn't really matter that much. And at 10-4, he's a fair price here and makes a lot of sense. So Bryson and Brooks down at the bottom for me. Okay, Bryson's my favorite player in this range. Um, I think he's going to hit it so long. And then the one time where, you know, it works so well that all of his clubs are the same length, you know, that are like hires. And he's yep. going to, I mean, he can just power through uh, that, that rough a little bit better than the other guys with, with shorter clubs um, that I think, I think, I think his club length is an average for a six iron. Um, I think that's what you're going to see him hit a lot of six, uh, seven irons uh, from that rough and still be able to get it out of there with a good amount of distance to pound it out there. We saw it at whistling straights last year. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any reason why not to play Bryson. I'm with Brooks as well. I'm with you. Um, the guy's record is just too good. Uh, he's the major killer. You just can't avoid him uh, when it comes to majors. His iron game has been really, really good, really, really good here recently. Um, you know, so I and that's gonna that's gonna be big for him. And of course, he's not short. You can give it a pop out there. Uh, the one worry, of course, is his Poa is not you know his best subs best thing to hit out of. But like you know, three top twos in his last what seven events. And in those times, he's gained like, like 30 strokes tee to green in those three times. If he has one of those weeks in an event that he really gives a shit about, uh, I mean, he's, he's going to be up there. Um, DJ, I'm a little worried. Uh, the reason I'm a little worried about DJ as another guy with a, with a really good track record in the U.S. Open uh, showed up a little bit. I, I, if he won this week, I mean, who knows what his ownership would have been. Um, I sort of wish he did win. Because I, yeah, I think yes. I, I don't think I'm going to play him, and a lot of it has to do. Uh, he hasn't been that accurate off the tee. Like the thing about DJ is, you know, in his prime, you can hit it that far, hit that little cut, and still be pretty accurate. Uh, he was 85th in driving accuracy in Congaree on a course where the fairway's wide as hell. 
Uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and he doesn't have that extra gear out of the rough that Bryson does. Um, I don't think he has that mental fortitude, uh, you know, that, that Kepka does. Uh, so I, that's why I like those two guys. The one guy that I, I'm, I, I'm going to play, but I want to hear your opinion. What do you think John Rahm's ownership is going to be? I'm going to play wrong. Uh, you know, winner, oh, I think it's, you think it's going to be high? I still think it's going to be there. Absolutely. I think people just want, you know, you'll hear all the narratives coming out. We're, we're coming out early. We're shooting, we're doing this on a Sunday night, but you're going to hear the chip on his shoulder, leading by six all around game course correlations, Tory pines, fit farmers win, you know, all these things that you're going to hear about John Ron playing well in California, you name it, Kenny, it's going to be out there. They're still going to play him. And honestly, I, if I was going to like, if I play a guy up here that I'm most excited between those top three, it is, John Rom, like I get Spieth's comeback and turnaround. I'm with you on everything you said about DJ, but the Spieth comeback and turnaround, he never has been good at the U.S. Open. You say, oh, but he won the U.S. Open before. Yeah, he won off a DJ three-putt at Chambers Bay, which I don't think is similar to this course at all, personally, especially with the way it's going to be set up this week. And he does not have a good U.S. Open record beyond that. I'm happy he's back. He's good for the game. And that's what makes this so difficult with all the resurgent stories of all these names at the top. But I I don't have a lot of faith in Jordan Spieth at 10-9 when I could just play Rom for 11-2 or drop down and get Bryson and Brooks, who I feel more than happy. Don't forget Brooks is record in majors in general the, his score under power is like something ridiculous like 30 or 40 strokes maybe more better than the rest of the field over like a four-year sample size like it's just insane so uh, i'm gonna stick with those guys at their prices too all right let's go to this 9k range all three three of my casting cornerstones we're doing the same thing this week guys we're doing all upside because it's top 16 ties that's probably one thing i forgot to mention uh in the course preview not top 65 it's top 16 ties so you're gonna have about 90 guys missed the cut, which is a lot more than a normal week. There's going to be some people that miss out. 66 is going to be tough. So I'm going upside in cash. And I'm going to start off with Mr. Roy McElroy at $9,900. So you look at Leroy, his last three outings. I know he won um, Wells Fargo and the other two haven't been that great. But the one thing that has been consistent all three times, it's been three of his best iron play weeks um, in the last couple of years, uh, three week stretch uh, i think he's gained something like um almost 14 strokes with his irons in the last three games in the last three events he's played now the, the thing that he hasn't been that great on and we've heard that he's changed his swing um is he's playing that little bit of a cut that little little soft little cut that dj plays uh off the tee now that's gotten him to the success that he's had which leads to more accuracy which leads to left less two-way misses and the thing about Rory, you know, if 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 he's if I was him, I would have just spent the last two weeks working on that drive. If he can get that cut drive going, hit it as far as he does, and, and, and become more accurate off the tee. I mean, with the iron game he's had now, a lot of the iron game uh, success he's had is because he hasn't had to play his wedges. Wells Fargo, long course. Uh, Kiowa, long course. Memorial, long course. So he hasn't he hasn't had to play his wedges. Well, we're back at it again. Tory Pounds, super long course. So he won't have to uh, hit his wedge that often. It's going to be, you know, mid to long irons. He's always good at those. Uh, and so I like Rory a lot. That iron play has just been so good that I think if, if you can get that, that that cut off the tee that he's been working on and it comes to fruition, he's had a couple of weeks off to, to get it down, um, I think we could see him win this thing. Uh, I love him at 20 to 1. Uh, Rory 20 to 1 in a major you, when, when, you don't see that that often uh and yeah, so, i bet that yeah I, I mean i had to pound the fuck out of that one 
So, so I'm going Rory as my first cash game cornerstone. Next cash game cornerstone is going to be Mr. Chalk himself, Sanders Shoffley. So I'm going to go light on him on GPPs. He's going to be Chalk Ace player uh, on the board more than likely. So if you want to fade the GPPs, that's probably not the worst idea in the world. Uh, I might only have 15%, but I'm going to have him in my cash games because, I mean, just, it just makes so much sense. What, three or four top sixes in a row at the U.S. Open? This is his type of shit. Difficult courses. Uh, he, he fares well. Um, I finished second at the Farmers, I think, second or third at the Farmers this past year. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got it going there. Um, so I really like Xander and he's sneaky long, man. I mean, he's top 10 of driving distance out there. Uh, you know, I mean, that's for a guy who doesn't have like the mass of, of Brooks or, or the lanky tallness of, of, um, of DJ, the guy keeps it a poke. Uh, and I think he'll be fine. So I like Xander and cash. My third is going to be the villain himself, Patrick Reed. Uh, now, one thing about Reed, let's, let's take a peek at his finishes here. Um, his top memorial, long, hard course, fifth. PGA, long, hard course, 17th. Wells Fargo, long, hard course, sixth. Masters, long, hard course, eighth. You know, uh, Farmers, long, hard course, first. You're getting the picture here. You know what I'm saying? You're getting the point. The dude just shows up. He added a little bit on his drive uh, over the last couple of years. His short game is really, really good. That whole drive, you know, he's playing. He's gotten rid of that chicken wing cut, but he's been learning to hit that cut a little bit better. We saw that at the Farmers this past year when he won at Torrey by like five, six strokes. Um, I, I don't see, you know, the guy, I don't see any problems rostering him. Uh, I, I don't think he's finished outside the top 20 um, in a major in like three, in like two, two years, over two years. Uh, so the, um, it's maybe even longer than that. Uh, the guy's just top 20 at every major. This is what he does. Uh, and he can win. Uh, and I got him at 31. So I'm, <laughs> I like Patrick as well. Uh, those might be the only three guys I play in the 9K range. And of course, I'm going to be lighter on them. Uh, except for maybe Reed. Reed, I might bump up a little bit. Instead of my usual 20% limit for golfers that are, I, I roster in cash, I might bump him up to 30. That's how much I like Patrick Reed uh, this week. Um, and because I'm playing three guys up top, not exactly sure how I'm going to go about how much of each, but one's going to be like 45, one's going to be 30, one's, another one's going to be 30. Uh, it's probably the way I'm going to go. So the majority of all my lineups are going to start with one of those three dudes up top uh so i don't have much room for the 9k range uh and which i don't really mind because i love the 8k range too so i might only play those three guys um in gpps as well and they're going to be lighter except for reed i'm looking at cantley i'm looking at hovland i'm not sure i'm going to pull the trigger yet but those three cash game cornerstones are in for my 9k range tambo what about you I like the read call that you mentioned. It's definitely a read spot. As you mentioned, long, long, hard courses where we find him show up and he's done it. His U.S. Open record is pretty solid in its own right. So he's always doing his thing here. 9K is a perfectly fair price. He did win. One thing we didn't mention earlier, at least I didn't say it. I don't know if you said it completely, but like, I don't really think this is comparable to just say if they've done well at the farmers in the past, like there's a North course involved. I know they play three of the South, but at the same time, this is a totally different setup. So I don't care as much about that. It's just like an added bonus. That's not the only reason I like Reed. So like you mentioned, it's perfect, but the guy that came second to him. And again, there was Victor Hovland. And that's why I want to bring him up because everything for him pops all around T to green game. 
is so solid. He's kind of fell off just a little bit lately. Last couple outings, 47th and a 30th. Uh, before that, a couple of third places, 12th and 13th of the last two U.S. Opens. U.S. Opens tee to green game, and I'll get to that in a second with my next guy that's you know of the same class, if you will. But Victor Hovland, man. The, and the other thing, too, didn't mention this about Brooks earlier, but it ties in with Hovland. All the shots from 175-plus, these guys, Brooks really thrives in that area. Rom thrives in that area. Um, Hovland does. And so I really like Hovland here. I think I, maybe, you know, with Cantlay just winning recently, how chalky X is going to be, and we know it. It's hard not to like X, and there's more narratives to X. Obviously, back in Cali, Poa Greens, you know, kind of like a home game. He's Phil's boy. Phil just won the PGA. You know, they're chatting about that back and forth. We heard about the money games they had over COVID, all those factors. But the other guy, like, it's sort of the squeeze around Xander Shoffley, and it's Colin Morikawa. First in Tita Green over the last 50 rounds. We know what he's capable of. I think, you know, most don't like to play him, especially when you got other guys. And you mentioned Rory, JT, I'm going to talk about in a second is right there. But Daniel Rappaport put out this really cool article on Golf Digest, just full of nuggets. And, you know, I love my nuggets, tidbits, whatever you want to call them. And I, and I like going through them all. And he put this stat in there. And I thought it was incredible. If you guys haven't checked it out, go check his Twitter. He put out in Golf Digest, the top 100 for the U S open. He's got Colin Morikawa spoiler alert second. I'm giving away some of the goods here, but the craziest thing he said, leads Colin Morikawa leads the tour in strokes gain T to green for the season. And his lead over Justin Thomas, who I'm going to in a second, who's number two is larger than Thomas's lead over number 30, Hank Lebiota. Like that's insane, right? That's just how good Morikawa is. We know when the putter's on, if it's on and shows up, and he's been better lately that you can get him and he can definitely go on and win this thing. So I do like Hovland, Reed, Morikawa. And I think the tournament, So I think the GPPs could get one in this range based on who does well in the tournament and all these guys could. And then the only other thing I'll say here, the JT factor He's been pretty bad, you know, with the putter's been completely gone. His U.S. Open record isn't ideal. But last time we saw him at this type of price tag was 9,900 at the players. And we know what happened there. Uh, so I don't know, man. Any thoughts on JT? Just because that's the one for me. Anytime he's under 10K, I think it's wrong. And at 9,700, regardless of the form, his, sol- his game is so solid across the board. T to green, green, approach, around the green, everything. Everything but the putter. And if that just happens to show up, you know, he can definitely win this tournament. Yeah, yeah. It's just no top tens in like a couple months. No JT for me. Uh, Kawa's more, I'm more afraid of fading Kawa, but I'm fading Kawa as well. Um, just because I think he's a little too short and his around the green game is too poor for him to be that short. So, and they're, they're going to miss greens here. They're going to miss fairways. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. I'm going to miss greens. Uh, it was 50% greener uh, fairways and regulation here when, you know, it wasn't U.S. open conditions. It's, it's going to be like 40%. Uh, and that's going to lead to too many times where he's going to need to pound something like crazy hybrid out of the out of the rough uh to reach some of these long par fours and it's going to lead to him having to chip up and down and i don't, I don't like that one cow i like cow better than jt if i'm thinking about that then like looking at it if you look at cow is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm more it's scared insane like a, yeah like that to me is a, a play more than jt i just kind of 
am worried about leaving JT behind at 9,700. Certainly FOMO there being that he's my favorite player and all, but I just think he's just too good to leave off the, you know, at 9,700. I, I don't know. I'll see what I do, but I, I might let Rory go and play JT before I, and, and play JT and Kawa and that this range a little bit more peppered by only going with a couple guys at the top, because I really do like these guys and think they could definitely win this tournament. I mean, game theory wise, do you think that it's worth, like if you're really into game theory and I'm not going into that this week, I'm going to play who I like. Um, I'm not going to look too much into ownership, especially when it comes to these high end guys, but like JT could be like the lowest owned, right? Oh, if he is, it's even better. Like that's, I said, I just, it's hard to leave them off. The numbers are still there. When you look at over the last 50 rounds, just bringing in T to green approach, even around the green birdies are better. DK scoring, whatever you want to bring in 200 plus. Of course, we just talked about being number two overall in T to green. It's part of it. He's right there. He's, he's number one in the, over the last 50 rounds. So at 9,700, I don't know if people are going to go to him because of that, but I don't know. I feel like, I don't, I don't know. know if Roy's going to be popular or not. It's tough to say. This is a tough area to yeah, choose from. I, if JT or Morikawa, even though I said I'm going to fade them, if they're like 6 7% owned, I mean, I'll probably have to get 50% of them just to have leverage on the field against them. And I everyone's mean, playing X. Yeah. We know everyone's playing yeah. X. So, and it will only everyone, get crazier. And everyone's, like high and dollar and everyone's going to be playing these. T- I mean, I think Ron's going to be popular. I think Kepka's going to be popular. Bryce is probably going to be popular. It just leaves like an open space from Rory until Xander with those three guys. If they're like six, 7% projected owned, my mind could change. It's early. It's Sunday. Uh, because I mean, just looking more at Justin Thomas, I mean, you're right. The guy's fucking Tita Green's. <laughs> those two guys, Tita Green wise are probably the best out of everyone in the whole entire 9k and up range right if you think about it deeply and, I'm, and this is me just going off the cuff because i was definitely off them both before i came in but i'm looking deeper into it and i'm like man uh, if, they, if they're low owned i'll give them a shot i think but i mean uh, maybe they got to be like six percent on projected if they if they're if they're anywhere close to double digits i won't play them all right, so let's move on. I don't know if they'll be that low. I just don't look like if so. If if JT's ten percent, you're off him. But if you if he's at six, you're on him. That's where I have a tr- a problem. Right? Because it, it gives, I struggle it, it with gives that. me twenty five percent. It gives me a hundred fifty percent more leverage on the field. If it's ten percent, then it only gives, and I'm playing fifteen percent of it. It only gives me what fifty percent leverage on the field. That's a big difference. Yeah. I can't even entertain this conversation. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> you'll, you'll play them at you'll play them at six, percent, at but 6% you won't play them at ten because I want because I won't have more than fifteen percent of them, and I yeah, and I, I get and I want a specific amount of leverage on the field on them. Like I want I don't want less than one hundred percent leverage on them. You know, then how the much field. leverage do you want on Tony Fina? Let, let's move to the AK. All right, let's, all right, let's move to the, let's move to the AK range. <laughs> I like Tony. I'm playing Tony. The guy just does it in majors. I I don't know I don't know what else to say. Uh, like I think 12 top tens in his last 17 majors play. That's all I got to say. Like what else do you have to say about that? At $8,900, uh, the odds of a top 10, if you go in his past are like 65%. Okay. It's good enough for me. I'll take it. Give me Tony. I'll play him. Um, the one short guy that I'm going to play is Webb. Um, and I think it's just because of how good he is with his long irons. Uh, and how good he is around the greens if he misses. And he's one of the best around the green, along with Tony Fina, uh, who's up there. Uh, so I'm playing Webb. Uh, I'm thinking about Decky. I'm not sure yet, but I'm definitely playing Willie Z at 8,600. Again, three majors, three top tens. The guy's a baller. I- I'm in. Uh, there's really not that much to say about Willie Z. I'm playing Hatton. Tita Green has been really, really good uh, here. Uh, his iron game, exceptionally strong. 
best in the field from 200 plus. Give me Hatton. Give me Louie down here. I'm playing a bunch of these 8K guys. That's why I think I can skip that 9K range other than cash and then just go the, the three studs I'm picking in the 10K range and just go straight to this 8K range. You have two of these guys uh, down here, uh, at least in my lineup. Uh, Louie, you know, uh, again, he's been playing really good golf this year, sort of under the radar, really, really good. Uh, so I like Louie as well. Who do you like? Yeah, always Louie. I don't care. Like he even picked up ownership last time because people are finally coming around to it, but he's just as good here. Third, seventh, 16th, 23rd, 23rd, second. That's his U.S. Open record. Uh, coming in off 18th, second, 8th, second, 26th. Like, keep leaving Louis off your rosters. I don't care. I'm playing Louis every time. I like Finau, who you mentioned. like Willie Z, even more than Webb. I feel like he's like a new age Webb. And he's actually better with his longer irons than most. So uh, I definitely like that there. He's good off the tee. I think he's fine. His approach game is solid. Scotty Scheffler, I, I can't remember the stat, but he's been surprisingly good in majors in general, not so far, not the best U S open showing, but pretty good around the greens, um, solid all around game. And then the other guy I, I like quite a bit. I know you mentioned Hatton there, but Berger is another guy I was on at the PGA. And just the thing about him that many people like most don't follow is he only really plays big, big name events with tough fields. So like, yeah, he comes 20th a lot, but he's 8,400 and he's playing in the strongest field. So I'll, I'll go back to Berger hopefully uh, lesser on him and more on Hatton, for example, there uh, Connors, I can play Connors. So uh, I really like this range quite a bit, not as high on Smith Rose at the bottom, not as high on web Matsu, like Matsuyama's way under 10 K. So I think, you know, he's worth a look, but I like Finau, Willie Z Scheffler, Berger, Louie. And then I could be sold on like some Connors there in between, maybe a couple other guys, but I'm big on those other ones. Yeah. If I had to rank my favorites to be Tony first, Will Z second, uh, Usti third, Hatton fourth, Webb fifth. Those would be my rankings in that. Uh, but I'm playing all five uh, this week. I'm yeah. going to mix and match uh, a bunch of those guys. Um, when I get two of those guys and then play oh, a guy up top, shit, you could play Brooks and Kit Brooks. What if it comes down to Brooks and Bryce in final pairing? It would be a fucking gold mine. It would be so unbelievable that it'll never happen but god i wish it would happen uh it'd be so amazing it'd be so good for golf all right so let's get down to the 7k range Tampa, go ahead oh, man uh watching this in the middle of the nba playoffs yeah, joking. Jokic, I, can, can you believe they got kicked out for that that was some bullshit that, i mean he, yeah. he barely even touched him yeah he looked like he was trying to kill him but he barely touched him. Okay, anyway. Let's MVP keep of the league. Come I know. On, I know. This is bad. And it's when it's 3-0 in the series in the third quarter of an eight-point game. That's fucking horrible. That's fucking Let horrible. Play. Yeah. That's fucking Back horrible. to golf. Back right. to yeah, golf. I'm over it. I'm, um, sure, I'm sure you yeah, have some, we'll, I'm guessing you have some joke in some GBB lineups this week. Today. I do. I yeah. think I got the nuts. And yeah. I was, like, counting on him, and he was going off, and now this. So, yeah, that's why I brought it up. But, yeah. hey, we're back. Uh, here we go, right? We got 7,500 and up. I'll go sort of woodland up to answer here. Uh, answer Casey definitely like them at the top. Uh, you know, just they're it's hard to pick between them. I feel like every major they're both the same $7,900. I, I didn't go back and check it, but I'm pretty sure like every major they just get put in at the $7,900 price tag and it's on you to pick and choose. But I can play both. I think they're both great plays here. They both showed up. They they're the ones that I'm saying I don't think are going to win this thing by any means, but they can definitely top 10 or top five, even with a guy like Casey. I think he's got a couple now top fives in these he's majors. Pretty good. He's looked pretty good. He's looked pretty good. The U S open the last three events. I think the last three U S opens have been some of his best uh, in his career. Uh, so he's, he's maybe he's getting a hang of these difficult long courses. I, yeah. I'm with you on Casey. Yeah. And if you go back to answer, I think it was, he just missed the cup, but before that it was like a string of 
14, 8, 2, 5, 18, 26, 23, 18. Like he just comes top 20 everywhere. Didn't he finish so. high at the PGA too? Didn't he like come out on Sunday and just go off? Or, yeah. yeah. And it was, I can't remember if it was Wells Fargo the week before that too, where remember he, yeah, Wells Fargo second. Yeah. Did remember at the end, him and Hovland sort of turned it on. And then Rory obviously won it. But then you go to the PGA and he finished eighth, 14th at the Schwab. Like I said, he's always right there. So uh, I believe he went overseas actually and played like a, the Porsche or something, some random event cut, all the way yeah. to Germany, missed the cut, Ugh. and then like comes back, and that's his last time out before coming in here. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting, but I do like both those guys. Fitzpatrick, I just talked about it. Again, not a guy who I think is going to come out and win this thing, but we've seen crazier things happen. Look, Phil Mickelson's here at 7,700 going after it after winning the PGA Championship. Imagine he comes out in Cali, of all places, and wins this thing. That'd be something else, but uh, I'm big on Fitzpatrick. I like him. He's almost like a mini Reed, where you mentioned it, where it's a lot of short game, but it's just kind of a thing that he does longer, harder courses. He's shown up at different courses in the past that we've seen like this. And he just came off a bogey free 66 Sunday. So you got to like that at the U S open uh, missed the cut, the most recent, but 12th, 12th and 35th, the three before that. So he can definitely show up and just be that guy to fill out your roster. That's a great play. You feel good about making the cut. And then who knows, he can have that one of that Saturday or Sunday round, depending on where he's placed to, you know, on his uh, spot in the, in the tournament and gets to go out at a certain time that has a good run or something. And next thing you know, he's in the mix. So I like that. And then the other guys here are at 7,600 for me are Kokrak who always gets quite a bit of disrespect. I think just don't realize it, but you know, two wins on the season is pretty solid if, for anybody, but I know everyone will say, well, Stewie sink has that too. And we'll get to him later, but uh, I do like Kokrak and then Lowry really been turning it on. I'm sure you're going to like some Lowry too. You're, you're usually on him and he's got, a great all-around game, sixth, fourth, his last couple times out. Pretty good U.S. Open record, majors record in general. Has the soft hands and everything needed around the greens. Uh, can put the ball out there still. Everyone talks highly of him, including, I always bring it up, but Brooks Kepka just said, like, he's, he's tough, man. You guys got to give him more respect. And at 7,600, he's certainly on my betting card as well. We'll get to that later. Yeah, both these guys are on my betting card. Kokrak and Lowry, I love these two guys at this price. I think, I think they're cheap as fuck. I think they're great in cash. Um, hint, hint, uh, you know, and I think I think they fit extremely well uh, for this course. Kokrak long, I think Kokrak's probably a little bit better fit, uh, just because he's a bit a little bit longer. But Lowry has been a short game. Uh, Lowry's a little, been a little bit better with his iron play, but they are both strong in that. Kokrak's putting has just been spectacular this season. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm in on both of those guys. Those are my two favorite plays in the seven K range, without a doubt. Uh, I think I like another Lowry advantage. He doesn't make that many bogeys, not too many mistakes um, out there, and he's not short. Uh, I think he's like top forty in the field in driving distance uh, in his last fifty rounds. Uh, Kokrak's top ten, uh, and then Kokrak's really good with his longer irons and long par four. So these two guys love those, love those two guys. Uh, those are the two guys that I'll be focusing on. Uh, I like Fitzpatrick and Casey also uh, up top, just like you. Let's move down a little bit lower, 7,500 or below. I'll play Woodland. Um, it seems like his game should fit with his iron play and his long iron play, especially hits long enough, has had success. Uh, West Coast, Poa, we all know, U.S. Open. He, he's done it before. So at least he has that going for him. Um, I like Adam Scott. Uh, showed a little bit at the Memorial. Uh, loves this course, but for some reason he's only played it three times. He, he always raves about this course, but then he's only played it three times. He had a couple of good finishes. Uh, and I think he could be underlooked uh, this week. Leishman, I'm in a former winner here. Uh, just somebody that I've liked. I bet him 
65 to one in January. I'm sure you can get a way better number now. I thought he'd have a better trajectory going into the U.S. Open uh, than he has. He hasn't looked great, uh, but I'm, I'm still going to go with Leash. I like Homa. I like Max Homa a lot. Uh, really good on California. The guy just plays exceptionally well. I'm going to just go back here and look through Homa's California record. I looked at this last night. I hope I wasn't too drunk when I was doing this research and I'm 100% wrong. But first off, Poe is his best putting surface. And, and you look, I mean, you know, Memorial, long course, finished sixth. Genesis first, California. AT&T Pro-Am, seventh, California. Farmers, uh, 18th, California. Amex, 21st, California. Uh, you know, the guy's just been playing He's been playing good golf. He's a California dude. Uh, he feels at home, uh, and I think that, that, that helps. And so I like Mr. Max Homa a lot down here at 7,300. Uh, Brandon Grace has been playing good golf. I'll play some of Brandon down here. I'm going to play um, one guy sort of sneaky that no one probably is going to go with. Uh, that I'm not really sure is Mr. Carlos Ortiz. Short game, extremely strong, uh, good on long par fours, doesn't hit very many bogeys. Shockingly, top 30 in driving distance in this field in the last 50 rounds. I like Molly, I like Carlos Ortiz as like a sub 6% owned GDP flyer that can win you something this week. So I, I like Carlos Ortiz a lot. There's a bunch of other guys I like down here. Who do you like? I, I like uh, some of the same, uh, the Woodland call. You said also the injuries seem to be maybe, or hopefully I'll say a thing of the past, which would be nice. Cause that's sort of where his forms come back around a little bit. And like you said, us open champion held off Brooks, the major killer at pebble. So I think it's a good spot for him to show back up. I'm with you on Scott. I talked to him in the same breath as guys like Berger and Louie and just guys that most don't really realize that all they do is show up for the best events. So yeah, they're not going to win all the time or crush all the time because they're only playing at tough courses with strong fields. So that's one of the things I, I think about Adam Scott. I'm with you there and showed a little bit of a flash. Uh, I, I like playing Brian Harmon at majors, obviously not the longest dude, but pretty accurate, really good short game can get that putter hot. His longer irons are pretty good. So when you've got that combination with the short game to go with it, I'm always in on that. I like the Cali kid from Burbank, California, Mr. Max Homa, who you mentioned, uh, he always shows up at this. And the best thing about Max Homa is he's in or he's out. There's not too many weeks where he just like hangs around and makes a T60 or a T55. He's either top 10 or he missed the cut and you're already done anyway. So definitely like putting guys like that into my lineups, especially in large field tournaments. He makes a lot of sense. I was going to ask you about this. Did, like, did you get any confirmation or did you see anything on Matthew Wolf? I haven't seen he's out. He's clearly in. It looks like it, but I know that we've had some, you know, some conversations lately around him where he's taking sort of a mental break, saw him hanging out at the NCAAs and stuff and just sort of kicking it. But uh, he was going through a rut there, man. Any thoughts on him? He's at 7,200 here. Yeah. When the mental goes, I can't get, get, get back on board until I see something. When it comes to like the physical aspect of the play, guys can work on that and get better. When the mental aspect goes, I need to see something. Uh, no, mm -hmm. no, no, Matthew Wolf for me because I mean, okay. And because, I just I mean, because the thing about this game is when the mental is gone, sometimes you can never recover. Uh, I mean, we've seen it happen before. Like Ian Baker Finch wins a major, can't even play golf anymore. Chip Beck, another guy back in the day, can't even play golf anymore. Uh, David Duval, uh, you know, I mean, like you, you've seen like the mental aspect of golfers lose, they, they lose that part. Maybe it's basically like the mental yips and they never, ever recover. I thought Spieth was on that, 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 that way too. And he, he, luckily he was able to recover. It just took him 
three years to do it uh you know so uh yeah. I, I, I don't know i, I gotta see something first uh, no and i like that call and it's certainly part of the grind and anything we talk about it all the time with dfs as well where people just can't some can't handle the downswings and it just crushes them and they never can bounce back and it's the same with golfers you mentioned with speed one thing about speed is he did talk his way through that he never really said i'm down and out with the mental he said i'm working on the right things it's gonna come back around as long as you focus on it and i think you know, the, the common saying, trust the process or process, whatever you want to say about it. I, I like, you know, saying progress, progress, however you want to call that. I think when you start seeing things happen, you know, it's part of the, the stuff that went into it. But at the same time, when you start seeing the results that can bring the mental back around pretty quickly and you know, you can do it. So uh, that's the challenge I have as well with Wolf. That's why I thought I'd bring him up. I mentioned Stewie Sink earlier. He's the same price. Uh, Garrick Higgo's the same price. If you want to go back to back or try and get in on again, these are guys looking at cut makers, you know, Bazudenhout. These guys can definitely make cuts, get inspired, and come out and have some good golf. But uh, Charlie Hoffman, 7,200, been playing some really good golf. His numbers are off the chart. I think he could get a little bit popular. So there's some other plays here I'll mention in a second. I like your Ortiz call, but I like Ryan Palmer. Uh, I don't know how many will go back to a guy like him. If you just look, again, if you like Rom, I always like Palmer. They, they go hand-in-hand hand at most places. Got a pretty good long iron game. Uh, around the green struggles at times, but he can also get hot, right? So if, if that's the case, that's sort of the boomer bust you're looking for. And if not, many are going to go back to him. And then what about the lefty, uh, Robbie McIntyre, yeah. Bobby Mack at 7,000? I kind of like that. I'm playing so many guys in this 7,000, 75. Like literally uh, right now I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 guys. I I have favorited already in this seven thousand. I can't. I mean, if I just went over, I'd sound like you. So I can't do that. <laughs> I got. I got. I got. I got to leave it out. Uh, but yes, a lot of these guys. I like a lot of these guys down here. Uh, Robbie Max, one of them. Okay, and one last guy before we go to the the, the below seven k range that I want to ask you about. Uh, like I said, first look. It's Sunday night. Try talking through. We mentioned Woodland. Neither of us mentioned Neiman at seventy five hundred. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Neiman. Uh, he's so bad around the greens, like so bad. Yeah, that I, I, I don't. We're know. on Poa too, I think, yeah. as well. And Poa, like normally we're not. So we, we barely bad. ever bring up the putting splits, yeah. but I think this is a place that matters more. And so you know, just some thought around that as well. But there's so many guys you can play in this range; it doesn't matter. So mix and match, trying to give you some information on them all. Uh, dropping down to the six point nine k and below, Kenny. Who are some of the guys that you like down here? I got to go. My final cascade cornerstone. It's going to be Brendan Steele. At 60, what is he, 6,500? Um, long irons, exceptional. Par four, long par fours, exceptional. Iron play, really, really good. Two wins in California. That's enough for my punt play that I'm going to do in my cash. That's that's the way. I'm just hoping he makes the cut. If he doesn't, I, I'm hoping for my, my, my other five guys are all guys that I bet on. So, so, you know, so those are the guys that I am going to rely on for the high upside even if steel misses the cut that's the way i'm doing my cash now three elites one punt for my cornerstones steel is my punt play uh other guys i do like what about me uh uh knee neighbor wilco the guy hits it like 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 bryson out in that bitch uh with a lot less a lot less spin uh you know bryson hits it high and a lot of spin so he doesn't get that much rollout knee neighbor has that like top spin length and the ball just can roll for days he might even outdrive bryson this week 
uh, for that. If he gets enough of that roll out there, um, if he can hit enough fairways, that's the thing. He was, uh, I think, a 90th in fairways hit this past week, even though he finished 15th at Congaree. So that, but I think he's worth a flyer uh, just because of his length out there. Um, I like uh, EVR. The South Africans had a really good really good showing this past week. Uh, what, Higo won. Nina were top 15. I think EVR was uh, it made the cut. Uh, was up oh, there. Yeah. T10. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, South Africans, if they ever play Congaree again, play the South Africans, I guess. Uh, that's the way it's got to go. Um, so I'm going to play Van Ruyen. I like Adam Hadwin uh, down here. I know he's not the longest guy, but again, another shorty guy that I think I can get behind, uh, sort of like Webb. Um, other guys down here. Um, Patrick Rogers, POA guy, lengthy, uh, good putter. Showed some pretty good form the first couple of days uh, this past week. Uh, I think he did really well uh, in his uh, qualifying. Uh, so he's coming in with a little bit of confidence, uh, I hope. Uh, so I like Patrick Rogers. And then down below, I'm going with my name, say Chan Kim, who was the medalist in his U.S. Open qualifying um, uh, tournament and finished 23rd at the PGA Championship. So he's coming in sky high, 6,100. The guy has a shit ton of wins on the Japan tour. Uh, I'm in on Chan Kim as my cheapy, cheap, cheap $6,100 play. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up. He also has an 11th at the Open, uh, 35th at a WGC Mexico just this year in 2021, 23rd at the PGA, like you mentioned. So I thought... He was interesting down here. Like I mentioned, there are some guys that are playable. You mentioned some others that I liked, one of them being Patrick Rogers, Cali Kidd himself, Ampoa. That's the spot to play him. We, we, if we want him, you know, for upside, I do like that. Uh, some of the other guys, Thomas Dietrich made the cut at last year's U.S. Open. He's long. He can get it done. I think he's a guy that can make the cut and surprise at 6,600. I like his play. He plays a lot over on Euro and in some of the weaker fields over there. But at the same time, he still does quite well and can dominate at times. So I do think he's good. Um, you know, Cameron Young, I saw was a guy, a couple corn fairy tour wins, an up and comer, almost like the next coming of Will Zalatoris. So I think he's interesting. Johnny Vegas played oh, some good golf. Yeah, I'm has, in has on a Vegas. Solid... And on Vegas too. Yeah, I like that. I'm on, I forgot I think about Vegas. Uh, uh, you, you saw a little bit of my thunder unknowingly, but I think that uh, the Nina bar thing is, is interesting because he's so long and everyone featured it. And, you know, the VCO six, the guy that does all the OWGR stuff tweeted about it. And then PGA basically bit that and tweeted it themselves to show it off. But it's like, you know, and he had a good week, but as you mentioned, uh, South Africans, a lot of them had a good week, including the winner, Garrett Higgins. So if you've got some inspiration there, my guy was EVR. I'd say this every single time. I was happy to see his numbers were so good. T to green and on approach. When do we play EVR? When do we like EVR? Under 7,000. It's almost like the Lanto Griffin, Rick Rungood rule, but it's when he's under 7,000, He's at a major or a WGC, and it's an extremely tough field, which all of those are. So they all line up here. The stars are aligning, and he's coming in with some good form off last week, maybe with a little South African inspiration there himself. And then you mentioned earlier, like Grace, and I mentioned Bazudenhout. Those are two other South Africans that could get some inspiration off of it. But I'm playing those guys, these- too. I'm playing those guys, too. Again, back to my original thing of the betting versus the DFS side. Like They're not going to go out and win you this thing. They're going to go out and maybe win you a tournament, though, because them in your lineup are the way to get to the upside. So other than that, man, there's not too many. I just think that you know Victor Perez, another guy aiming for the Ryder Cup, needs to get his stuff together here pretty quick. I think it's just, again, you never know in these events who's going to pop, and, and but there's more guys than usual. The tour and the game of golf is just getting so much better, Kenny, that it's not the same as before when we'd have like Guido. No, we didn't mention him. Guys are going to bring up Guido. He's having a coming off two seconds in some pretty good Euro tour events. You can take your shots 
down here without just being a guy that wants to like, look at you took those who took their shots on Higo last week, fared pretty well with the W there. So yeah. don't be afraid to do it. I know it's a major, but these guys don't have to go out and win it for you. They, they can be your leverage and your differentiation play down at the bottom that can get it done for you and have some upside. Victor Perez was right there in the mix at a couple big events this year on uh, stateside. So I think that that's an opportunity where you could just play a guy like him out of form, whatever you want to call it for current standing, but for with some real motivation there and some upside, if he does get through. Yeah. Yeah. My favorites are going to be steel EVR um, Rogers and Chan Kim. Uh, those are the four that I'm going to be playing a bunch of in this six K range that I like the most. All right, let's get the bets this week. And I think I probably named all my bets out there. All right, give me a second. So here are the numbers I got. All right, let's take a look. I have Rory, 20 to 1. Canley, 28 to 1. I bet that after the Memorial. I'm figuring that's a lot less right now. I didn't see the number, what it is. But I got him at 28 to 1. I might not even play him in DFS. Just bet him. 28 to 1. I got that after the Memorial or after his win. Um, the Friday of his win, I think. Uh, Reed, 29 to 1, not 30 to 1. I got him 29 to 1. Uh, Lowry, 60 to 1. Leishman, I've had back in January, 65 to 1. Kokrak, 80 to 1. I did not bet a lot of futures this year, but I have Palmer at 200. I have Lowry at 67. Both of those are with the top five each way. And then I just blind bet Rory at 20 because those bets have gone pretty well this year, actually. I believe it was JT at the players, Brooks at waste management like these wherever they just throw out these numbers on guys that are a little off that you know we were just betting them and everyone had them but they won so so that's what i'm sticking to and rory is definitely that guy for me this week at 20 yeah definitely look around for little rory because i've seen him as low as 12 so shop yeah. for shop for rory because there's 20s out there um so you know make sure you go look for those um one and done i don't i i, I don't even know who you got for your one and done I'm fucked. Uh, I got nobody left, man. Like I'm looking here at like Sung J M, Scotty Scheffler. Maybe I'm. Oh, I'm so bad, man. I I got Abe Abe answer, Scheffler, Willie Z. Like I'm making a decision between these types of guys. So we'll have to see. Maybe I'll do Scotty Scheffler because I like him, but I never end up playing him because I'm just not a Scheffler dude. But he has been good in majors. I can't remember the stat. I'll look it up while you do your thing. Oh shit! I have DJ left. Yeah, we're going DJ. We're going DJ since. Uh, and I'm not even playing. I'm not even gonna play him in DFS, but I, it'll be my hedge. I'll play. I'll, I'll go ahead and use him. I, I also have Reed. Um, I could think about both, but I'll go DJ just because of his track record for for one and done. Uh, again, I'm, I'm probably not even gonna play him in DFS. So, so that's what's my been my success. Yeah. I just play all the guys that I don't play in DFS, and I should have went the other way with it. Uh-huh. And the Scheffler stat was T19 or better in each of his last four starts in majors, including a T8 at the PGA. So there you go. Oh, man. Well, I might have to add him. We'll see how that goes. Does that include the U.S. Open last year? Uh, I can check that. I'm not sure, actually, but mm-hmm. I just know that, that the most recent was the PGA, so that's something. And he's just a guy that I never seem to click. And when you got him in there with all those guys, Hatton, Berger, Zalatoris, like everyone that's around him, uh, eighth at the PGA, 18th at the Masters. So two two PGAs and two Masters because the U.S. Yeah, Open 19. was earlier, right? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, fourth at the PGA yeah, and ninth yeah. at the Ma- Yeah, you got yeah. 19th at the Masters. All right, so anything else? No, I think that's it. Man. I'm still excited. I fucking love the U.S. Open, so I can't wait for this tournament. Yeah, I love it. The carnage, everything about it is good for me. I'm with it. There's going to be carnage, top 16 ties. There's going to be some guys who you thought for sure would make the cut that don't even come close. 
Uh, it's going to happen in these type of tough conditions with the mental grind out there. But it's always a fun watch, uh, even if it's like, you know, Shinnecock out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah, I, I it's, it. it's still I'd rather have it lean more towards that way than be like Aaron Hills or something like that. You know, where where and they didn't get the wind at Aaron Hills. And I understand that. Um, but but I, I'd like to see like even par around there be in contention. So that's what I'm hoping for this weekend. It looks like that's the way it's going to be. Uh, not much rain in the forecast, firm, fast conditions, six inch rough, small greens. They're going to be probably rock hard, 14 and a half on the stimp. <laughs> this, is, this is golf. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to watch. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. Uh, you can also find me on gupscorner.com. I put out a course preview with stats to look for uh, on Mondays with trends. And then Wednesdays, I lay out my casking cornerstones, which you guys already know. Uh, but if there's changes, it'll be on there. Uh, my favorite DFS plays in every price range. And um, my final betting card, you get a seven-day free trial when you're risk-free if you join now. So you know, what the hell you got to lose? Tambo? Yes. Oh, I didn't know you were kicking it. My bad. I, I, yeah, you know where to find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Hit me up there if you got any questions over at Roto Grinders. I mentioned it before, rotogrinders.com slash DGen. Sign up now. Get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. Got the Tuesday show with Noto and Cards. Got the Wednesday show. This week, it's Notorious and I. Always my favorite show when him and I are on together. We're going to be going through line of construction, what we see everybody's doing once we have the ownerships, what the common builds look like, how we can go about beating those in these large field tournaments. And remember, there's a lot of million-dollar top prizes out there this week. So that's one you're not going to want to miss. Other than that, good luck, everyone. All right. It's going to be a fun week. It's a major week. It's Hopefully, there's carnage. Hopefully, there's some high scores. It's going to be a fun watch. Let's win some motherfucking money. DGen Nation. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families. But more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. 